You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It is Tuesday. It's also a short week, folks, on this uh, Tuesday, November 22nd. And I have a lot of information up on the on our website, DePietro.com. And it all has to do with the Rob McClanahan story, the latest developments of that. There's very disturbing court documents, public court documents that were filed on the case. Now, he is appearing as we speak. They have transported him to Boston, and he's going to be appearing in the courtroom. He is the uh, the player who attended my school, my high school, Bishop Hendrickson High School. Although he was he was I was not his year. He was behind me, um, and then it, it's an amazing story. He was a tremendous basketball player at Hendrickson. He ended up being a walk on at Syracuse, which certainly unbelievable. That's impressive. Um, you to, to, to be a, a first of all a walk on player. There's something about that of just resilience. Wasn't offered a scholarship. Went there anyway found a way to make the team, you know, that says a lot. Um, to be able to play for Syracuse basketball, I mean, that's a tremendous accomplishment. Comes out, is then coaching locally, I believe was an assistant coach, again, at Hendricken, and then goes on and, and creates this niche of being a skills trainer for NBA players who then start to hire him, and then it just takes off, and and if you're a really good player, you you want to hire this guy, uh, Rob McClanahan, known as Rob Mack, who then, you know, puts you through a series of drills, and then he, he becomes friendly with, with the players. And you have high level, we're talking elite talent, and he's working on drills to help them, whatever it may be, you know, their three-point shot, uh, something they need to tweak. Each player, there's always parts of their game they need to tweak, and they would hire him to work on certain aspects of the game. But these are not, you know, he wasn't working with somebody trying to make a college team. I mean, this is, you're talking about some of the top talent in the NBA. So he's making a lot of money. Um, we've learned from at least one former girlfriend, he was gambling a lot of money. And certainly has had some problems with substance abuse. But... This is going to another level. So it's it's a local connection. It is a national story, by the way, because he has been known as the person. Um, when you have someone like Steph Curry, who the incredible talent with <clears throat> the Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant, you know, his Instagram page is a who's who of... There he is, you know, obviously did some basketball drills or somehow was working out with LeBron James or just somehow he's in the the photo and so forth. And then as a result of that, you get on the circuit. But the latest now, he launched with some group. They started to launch him in a podcast, probably because he has access to people. And uh, in, incredible. But now, because of the results of what happened, the Boston police... And the fact that, I mean, it, it, it seemingly was one poor decision after another. Um, something happened, an incident in Boston. Again, you can read about it on the website, dpetro.com. And then from there, uh, what happened at the hotel and, and then the aftermath, the, these are, this is a serious, serious allegations, charges. Uh, he is, as I said, the, this, is, this is a real jail case that he is looking for. It's it's uh, monster territory. And and seemingly, you're talking about the Boston police, and then they executed this, the warrant for his arrest. He was a fugitive wanted in Boston. Now, we don't know if he had agreed that he'd go, did not show up, whatever it may be, but they immediately went, grabbed him, spent the weekend apparently, uh, locked up here in Rhode Island, and now I believe is about to enter a courtroom in, in Boston as we speak. So it is, um, it, it, but, you know, whether it's ESPN, anything to do with sports, they, they've covered this. And it is a, a Rhode Islander who, again, I recognize maybe a lot of people unfamiliar with this individual, but anyone that has followed sports, it's, it's, it's certainly he had a, a unique niche, a unique niche that he created where he had these 
had the talent, um, way to get these pro players to, uh, he would travel with them. Uh, they obviously liked him, hire him, and then he would help them raise their game to a higher level. And, and again, these aren't guys riding the bench. These are the best of the best. And you can imagine that only opens up if you have the person getting the MVP in the, in the league says, this is the guy that made me what I am. Well, then every other player kind of falls in line. So it is, um, the story is still unfolding. This broke on Saturday when the Boston police posted that posting on Facebook. I have all the details on the website, dipetro.com. And the, the court documents in the police report are very dark and disturbing, to say the least. And it sounds like they have him nailed dead to rights as far as have him in a hotel bar, seemingly sprinkling something in the woman that he's with her drink. Uh, they have the video surveillance in the hotel following them back to her room. And then you can read for yourself what she woke up to the next day. None of it is good. Uh, all agencies working together. Boston police, I think one of the biggest problems for Rob Mack is he sounds like that the Boston police department, right or wrong, could end up turning him into the poster boy for this is what happens when you get involved with drugging women and and then for the for the purpose obviously of uh sexual assault so that's where i i think that's that's a real danger that he's facing is they've had had a spike of this apparently going on in Boston and suddenly now you have a high profile individual and I don't remember the last time that they had, like, when you read the police report, from beginning to end, they have a witness. She goes to the hospital. All the, uh, you know, uh, wounds on her body, if you will, are consistent with sexual assault, rape, and so forth. You Then they have the, the video of him at the hotel. He sent a photo to her. Uh, Rob Mack... It's like a perfect storm coming together of of evidence that seemingly now, if if you're the Boston police and you have this uptick in, they used to call them date rate drugs, but whatever it may be, a substance that renders the individual, you know, almost comatose, almost unconscious. And then, then what follows, and on top of that, with this woman, the allegations in the police report are that he was also, he was either filming or taking pictures while he was doing it and sends it to her. And he has a very identifiable watch on in the photo. And and then you um, you, you can see the, the picture of the watch and so forth, again, on the on our website, dipetro.com. It is, it is disturbing. It is dark. It's also indefensible. I mean, this is, there, there's no deals here. These are very serious charges. This is a very serious case. This is not, I don't know, I don't even want to make an analogy to it, but some of the times that someone may be given some kind of, hey, they're young, made a mistake, talking about a guy that's going to be 44 in, in, in a month and <clears throat> seemingly acting acting like a predator, according to the police report. Now, I, I, I have no idea if there's somehow, there's some defense attorney that says they're going to break it down, but if, if she was taking medication, if that medication then had an effect on her well-being, then they start to try to argue consent. But there, there seems to be, because of the photo, the condition she was in, I, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud, possibly says she asked me to send her a photo the next day. I did. Maybe she didn't like the way it looked, and that's when she suddenly started to say it was non-consensual. Either way, it's, it sounds like a, a tough case. We also don't know all the evidence that the police have, but... 
that is um, without question uh, a huge story. I also, folks, on I want to mention. You know, I'm, I'm seeing in the reports that Governor, uh, well, Commerce Secretary Raimondo was back in Rhode Island with with Marty Walsh, and they did a big uh, forum, apparently with the Chamber of Commerce. And I I don't know about you, but I I just I I don't think right now any politician that thinks that that they you know can be taking a bow and somehow that I I don't find people are in a, a celebratory mood in any way. Any politician that is almost trotting around like you know job well done and they're they're taking their bows. I mean, is there anyone listening right now that that thinks that things are going well, that thinks that, that you know, right now, whether it be on the state level or national level, I, I, I mean, am I, were you living in the same, I don't know anyone that, that thinks possible, but that things are going well, that things are, that Biden has things under control. Uh, so many uh, questions about the way that Governor McKee, who was just elected for four years, that how he's handling things. So I, I, I just, I think they're a little tone deaf. The, the roads are ridiculous around here. And, um, but, but her, Governor Raimondo, or Treasury Secretary Raimondo in Rhode Island, and the, just the way she's treated, I don't, I don't see what all the fawning is over. I also want to just look at Raimondo got over 33,000 votes in Providence in 2018 while winning 53% statewide. McKee got less than 27,000 votes in Providence but won 58% statewide. So that's that's odd with um, with just the percentage of, of the vote. But I, I also... I, I just wonder, you know, why this, what exactly, what, you know, what exactly they're celebrating with her coming in and Marty Walsh. I, I don't think, I don't know of anyone that, that thinks that the uh, country is headed in the right direction and, and all this talk. So, so somehow... You know, the, them trying to act, Biden trying to act like mission accomplished. Um, for some reason, why, you know, why they would think that somehow we're all thinking that everything is, is going uh, terrific. And, you know, President Biden, it sounds like the, the biggest decision he has to make uh, um I'm not exactly sure what to make here. All right, folks, again, much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays 
<clears throat> excuse me, we, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Dimitro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is our friend, uh, Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off with, um, you know, you and I talk about different times. Uh, I think there's there's definitely media bias. And the Officer Lugo down last week folks this was the providence police officer he was acquitted for striking this woman jennifer rourke um he he started off running for lieutenant governor he pivoted into the state senate race and then obviously because of the actions happened late june at the state house <clears throat> he had to withdraw from the race um i i mean the more we had learned about it it certainly seemed there was a little bit of a a shaky case he was acquitted on on basic assault but but just that I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's as if um, I, I got the impression the media did not like the outcome of the case. They kept referring to it as a punch when basically it came out in court that, you know, Jennifer Rourke for various reasons, whatever reasons, but she was less than truthful. Her story kept changing and seemed to be more of a slap. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on just what led up to the fact that he still has to appeal to try to get his job back with the city of Providence as a police officer. Yeah, this is one of those lessons in in uh, internet media that everybody should learn. I mean, the very first time I saw the clip from from podcaster Bill Bartholomew, it was a a five second slip uh, clip, which was actually about a one second cut from a longer video that he slowed down to make it seem like it took a longer time. Once I saw that, I knew there there had to be more to the story, and everybody ought to know that. And if you watch, you can now see it. You can find it in multiple angles. We have them on, on Anchor Rising if you dig a little bit. Um, when you watch the whole sort of brawl, as it's being called, it's absolutely obvious what happened. Now, the motivations are another thing, but what happened was somebody cold-cocked another, another guy who was there filming it from the it was a it was a pro-abortion rally and he was pro-life just filming it and somebody attacked him and hit him. Lugo was nearby and went to intervene. Rourke grabbed him from behind. Lugo reacted, whether it was a punch or a slap or a push, whatever, whatever it was. He, he got her off him. She recovered quickly, but then he was tackled and beaten by multiple people. I mean, that's what happened. It's so obvious this court case could not have gone any other way and have there be any such thing as justice in Rhode Island. And it doesn't matter that he was a cop or she was a black woman or whoever it was in that situation, it was completely obvious that this should have gone that way. And it, it would have if it weren't for um, a Bartholomew clipping that clip and it going viral. And But uh, one of the most lamentable, you mentioned he has to appeal to get his job back. One of the most lamentable parts of the whole thing was the letter from the, the Providence chief of police uh, basically calling out Lugo and saying he hit her and then walked away, which was just patently not false. He, right. as soon as he had his, his, as soon as he reacted to her, he was body slammed to the ground. And then like four or five guys started beating on. Him. And that's, that's what happened in the video. And for the police chief to be saying otherwise is, I mean, frankly, Lugo ought to be lawyering up, I think, and suing a whole bunch of people, but it's just, just, the whole thing is just maddening, especially the reaction people get. The videos are out there. You can see them. And so Bartholomew was his morally reprehensible what he did. And the idea that he's still a, a producer for WPRO, I mean, that's just ridiculous. They're, they're journalists defending him, which is indefensible. Oh, I mean, even Ethan Shorey from the Valley Breeze, who's often pretty good, is saying, oh, well, TV news does this kind of stuff all the time. No, they don't. They'll, they'll show the clip and maybe they'll slow down part of it, but the context is absolutely clear. It's not an isolated video. And Rourke, her, her behavior has been abhorrent in this whole thing because she knows what happened. She was there. She was one of the parties to it. She just egged it on for her progressive ends. The whole thing is, is pretty gross and it's really terrible that, that he ought to be having to go through all this, this trouble to try to just get back to a, some sense of normalcy in his life. You know, it's interesting, Justin. Again, folks, our segment is politics this week with this Justin Katz, managing <clears throat> editor, anchorising.com, is ultimately the Providence police went moved to fire him based on that video clip, that five-second clip. As you say, it was one second slowed down. But they, they went to fire him off that. And I just want people to understand, <clears throat> normally in the context of things, you'd want to see the full context of, of what – led up to him being in that moment and then what immediately happened afterwards that's not what it was 
Uh, and, and that video took off. The, that, that's the most viral video of the state this year and maybe even next year. But it was five million views. I noticed it was quickly unpinned <laughs> from Twitter for those that know the term. But Justin does as soon as the verdict came down. But um, and Justin, you also raised another good point. I, I, I was amazed that two weeks after the incident was the first time that the state police were trying to find that first green guy in the Adidas warm-up jacket that, you know, really kind of kicked things in motion and threw the first punch. I've never seen them post that would they need the public's help trying to find the guy in the Wu-Tang Clan shirt that basically grabbed uh, Officer Lugo from behind. And then you're exactly right, body slammed him down. But this was such an avalanche that weekend. Uh, the media turned it into a feeding frenzy. If you remember, Jen Rourke was then even raising money off it. But I, I, I didn't see a lot. I actually didn't see anyone write like, hey, in hindsight, you know, maybe maybe we didn't look at this the right way. I don't see anyone in the media saying, huh, boy, the, the judge's reaction really doesn't match the way this was reported uh, in the first at least week, if not two weeks that after this occurred. No, they're all out there acting as if this is some racial evidence that that white police could get away with anything. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's as you as you say, there's the there's a guy in the green whatever outfit jumpsuit who jumped the other the other journalist or or the other the pro life guy and started pounding on him on the yeah. ground. That's Viciously. when uh, yeah, that's when Lugo jumped in, and then another bunch of guys started beating on Lugo and the state police sort of broke that up, but then let those people walk away. And I think it's important to remember, we've seen this video many times now and revisiting it. uh, You know, you can see all of those people's faces very, very clearly. And yet you hear about where are these people? The person, the person to blame in all of this is that guy with the green jumpsuit who attacks somebody unprovoked. Where is that? Where's, where's the outrage at that? They don't, you know, they, they pick people, they, they support uh, the media that is, they pick people, they pick a narrative and then they go with that no matter what. And I mean, the, the police thing is, I mean, I, that, I was just stunned when I saw the, the Providence police chiefs uh, calling for Lugo to, to resign or be fired or whatever it was. I mean, it's just, it wasn't even, you know, you'd think, well, we're evaluating everything. We want to make sure we, the right thing is done. No, it was, it's completely just fabricated that he walked away as if he came out of nowhere, clocked Rourke in a head and just strolled away whistling. No, he was pummeled. And that is, that is a big concern. I think not only for, for media bias and, and ideological bias in the state, but if I were a Providence police officer, I'd be looking at that and thinking, what is going on here i mean that, that was just it was just so out of bounds put aside even police for for the the head of any kind of organization or agency to be to be just pretty much lying about what happened or at least so so terribly ignorant of what was out there and what was available to be seen on video that he, he didn't care and just wrote a letter I, I had to i have to believe that came down from alorza in the mayor's office saying no we, we got to get rid of this guy he's he's cramping my style with my my reparations and and all that kind of stuff but it the whole the whole episode's just kind of gross and and i do wish you know as you say i wish there were some media people just saying hey let's let's pause a second and re reevaluate how we responded to this because that would be a that would be a very healthy outcome instead i think we we get deeper investigations when some kids put a or young young men put put stickers white supremacy stickers on some mailboxes in bristol you get a manhunt for that that's right in a pro-choice rally you get a guy who who unprovoked assaults and batters somebody an innocent guy taking pictures uh that that's nothing that's oh well whatever i mean he shouldn't have been there in the first place etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean it just the, the priorities are all out of whack and i think people really have a have a good reason to start questioning whether they can get I'm, i mean i my call would have been that, that lugo would have gone down because i didn't think he could possibly get a fair trial but but Ooh. at least the judge pulled through and, and and at least acknowledged the obvious and that um <clears throat> that monday I mean, we saw that Governor McKee, they did the press conference um, after the, the whatever, the neo-Nazis were banging on the glass, screaming at the communists. That Monday, the state police could have called the press conference and held up blown up photos and said, these are the individuals we're looking for. We're looking for this guy in the green jacket. We're looking for this guy in the Wu-Tang shirt that then body slammed a police officer. Uh, there was nothing like that. State police, you haven't heard anything about it. On top of that, it, it's, it's highly unlikely 
that both of those individuals just showed up on their own. They, they, they knew someone, someone knew who they were, someone who both of those individuals were, especially the, the one in the green warm-up Adidas man. I, I was told that he was either boyfriend or a brother of someone that was involved with the rallies. He's even an MMA, MMA fighter. So he's definitely known, but whether or not they were actually looking is, is another matter. We've seen when they want to find someone, when they want to draw attention to an incident, when they want the public's health, and a situation like this, no interest in trying to find some of these individuals. Folks, quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of AcreRising.com. Justin, I wanted to get your thought. Finally, the Boston Globe did a story on that uh, Matt Brown co-op collaborative, you know, they were actually even whooped more than I thought. <laughs> I think according to the, the Boston Globe story, this was initially Matt Brown. They, we're going to go, we're taking over the whole blank and state house, 51 seats. Da, da, da. Well, it wasn't 51. I think it ended up being 29. They lost every Senate seat that they went for, every state Senate seat. I think it was 13 of them. And they, they uh, out of 15 rep seats, I think they won two. So um, and then obviously, you know, Matt Brown, that was like an invisible campaign. Cynthia Mendez came in third trying to run for <clears throat> lieutenant governor. And then, you know, obviously that Jennifer Rourke even got beat. But um, but I, I was glad to see the, the story, Justin Katz, simply because initially the entire narrative was the voters of Rhode Island rejected, you know, the Republican Party and their message. And it's because of democracy and it's because of trump and hate and all this other stuff i the 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 group that was the most rejected by the voters was the extreme left the uh progressive uh, co-op that they these people started yeah it's interesting how they i mean even in acknowledging that how badly the co-op was beaten this ed Fitzpatrick has to emphasize other progressives did really well though you know they they can't really let that go they've got them but i you know when you when you look at it, I mean, if, honestly, Matt Brown, whoever has been funding him and his campaigns, he ought to give the money back. But the they went after the governor with the homeless stuff. They made his life miserable. They went after leadership. They're vicious. I mean, Matt Brown with his, we're going to take over the whole thing. They're all, you know, they're all corrupt. Just the constant attacks uh, provoking opposite. They even have been provoking opposition from the likes of Patrick Crowley, who's far left labor guy in the state. I mean, he's he is central to the progressive movement in Rhode Island. They even were having problems with him. So I, I think that's, they they learned the hard way, uh, an important lesson that we're all learning now is you've got to be on their good side so you can get the ballot harvesters to put your name on that ballot. I that's think right. that is that is at the end of the day, that's what we're going to be learning. And, you know, in, in a way, I, I kind of wish that these co-op types and those progressives were not so nuts and like part of a cult because there really could be some common ground for people at least who at least think you ought to be able to be elected without you know groveling before the insiders and the the establishment into state house (laughs) at least if we could get some consensus on that but it it can't happen because they're so nuts but yeah they they were beaten soundly very soundly i mean matt brown was fourth in the primary i mean if you count his primary votes he the two independents in the race for in the general election almost matched his primary results in the democrat primary so you're talking really really bad results here so it'll be interesting to see whether they they reformulate or i i guess it depends where where the money's coming from to fund all this but in some ways it's it's positive because they're all they are so nuts that if they did get a stronghold on the state house, it would have spelled real trouble for the state of Rhode Island. On the other hand, it shows, you know, you at this point, you've, you've got to go along. Otherwise, you just have no hope. You know, Justin, but I, I didn't see a lot of <clears throat> uh, examination of, well, maybe their policies were rejected. Maybe people, you know, don't want these extra taxes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to defund the police. Maybe 
you know, the, their attack on our form of government. Maybe that's not, you know, popular. Like I, I know they, the, the, the media, local media didn't seem any hesitancy to basically make these pronouncements, right? That, you know, they, Alan Fung was linked with extremists. That's why he's lost. And Ashley Pay Kalis isn't from here. That's why she, but I, I don't see any, gee, maybe the message that Matt Brown and the co-op collaborative, maybe that leftist progressive message they're putting forward is just not resonating here, you know, in the ocean state. Oh, no, not, not at all. You'll never get that. I mean, when you, you can see this in a lot of the journalists, uh, say Mike Stanton or um, uh, McKay, Scott McKay, when they're out and free to, to opine on, on social media because they're no longer journalists, they are as far left as, they, as you oh, get. Yeah. And so the story is always the same, right? If, if any Republican, you could have the most crazy conservative Republican, somebody who, who does crazy things all the time, is, a, is almost like a cartoon. If he loses, it's not because he was crazy. It's because, oh, his policies, right? And that was the headline from the Globe a week or two ago. Uh, you know, voters rejected the parents' groups, right? That's if if they're rejected, it's it's always because they they're just out of tune. It's not because of the candidates. It's not because of the situation. In this case, it's progressives were the the, the co-op was not elected because they didn't they didn't play nice with the other progressives. Was basically the the narrative, and that that part may or may not be true, but it's it's always the story. And it's as I as I pointed out um i think it was last week the the storyline when they lost in the primaries was oh the leadership w withstood the withstood the co-op's advance as yeah. if, you know it wasn't it wasn't that the progressives were unpopular it's just that the leadership was just so powerful they, they couldn't overcome that hurdle it's always to encourage them and to discourage uh conservatives and that we see that even in in you know dr munez and, and all the other ones they're all oh well they're they're out there and they're fighting the good fight and they're they're sticking up for their values that's the storyline they get their free headlines they get to be a, a local celebrity for a little bit conservative Conservatives, nope, nope, you're just, you're rejected, we hate you, you're a villain, uh, you should never have tried, is basically the message you get. You know, <clears throat> Justin, yesterday I, I saw on um, on Twitter, it was an NPR story about Stacey Abrams, who again just lost, running for governor in Georgia, and the headline was kind of akin to, it's kind of puzzling, could the problem be the party, meaning the Democrat <laughs> party, or could it be the message? And I, I thought, gee, how about option three, maybe the voters just don't like her. Is that an, even an option? Maybe they don't like the candidate. Why does it have to be? Well, it's got to be either the message or it's got to be the party. Like it can't be the person. So many times in politics, people vote for the person and they vote for actually a person that they happen to like or they, they think they like. Um, but you're exactly right. They, they don't look at that in any way. Well, it couldn't be the person because this is someone who's brave and you know everyone looks up to and it must, it must have just been the messaging. The messaging must have been wrong. Now, Justin, where, where do you think the Rhode Island Republican Party, where, where do they stand now in, in the aftermath of, I, I mean, they can try to spin it any way they want, but th th these were, I think, I mean, these were disastrous results. This is not the results they were looking for. Um, it's business of a couple of them came close. That's, it's certainly not about that. So where, where do you think the party stands and where it goes forward? Well, honestly, I think they're they're about where they were before the election. I mean, I think in, in some ways, Ashley Kalis came in with a lot of money, and 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 the departure of Langevin gave Alan Fung another another run, and so the, the Republican Party in the state was more, I guess, competitive and 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 prominent than it might otherwise have been. And of course, it was a year where everybody was kind of expecting a red wave, as they say. Um, and so I think we're in some ways we're right back to where we were. And I, that's not a terrible thing. I mean, there are lessons learned. It's, you know, if you're not moving, if you're, if you're stagnant, at least you're not moving backwards. I think there, there's a lot of room to, to take some evaluation of, of what was going on. And I think that's why I was disconcerted by the, the channel 10 discussion of the two party chairs that we saw last week was just because it didn't seem like there, there was a lesson being learned. And I, I think that's, the real key here they, they need to they need to reinforce they need to get to know their voters they need to get the mail ballots going they they need to do all that and i suspect what we'll get is well i i hope not but I, the danger is that we'll get 
the Republican Party, lots of internal incriminations. There'll probably be some squabbling for somebody to take the chairmanship or not, or, or there'll be the, that kind of infighting, uh, and everybody will have a different opinion on what ought to happen. And what really ought to happen is going back to square one. Let's figure out what we all agree on. Let's organize on the new reality of mail ballots and, and move forward slowly, starting at the local races. And I think that's, I've been saying this for years. They, they need the farm team. They need to go back to getting town councils and school committees and maybe a rep here or there. Uh, but the problem is you, you get into it in Rhode Island as a Republican and suddenly you're running for governor. And that, or, or for Senate or whatever, and that's, that, right. that's just not that's just not healthy. They they really need to evaluate. But I will say, the every time this happens, I'm I'm reaffirmed. And, and the big problem is uh, people kind of assume like there there are folks out there who are just it's sort of like our our moral duty to uphold the Republican Party or something. Is no, all of these people are volunteers. There's no incentive in the Republican That's Party. Right. You're you're not going to get a career as a, a high powered lobbyist. You're not going to be. They're not. The party's not going to be able to bounce you around from one nonprofit to another. Now you'll work in this office when this person wins governor. You'll be in that office and then et cetera, and then you'll go to Congress. There, that's not on offer on wrong Republicans. And that's, that's a major problem. Uh, they've, they've got to, they've got to just go back to the basics and be kind of the party of, of the people and, and get, get much better at communicating. The problem is that takes time and it takes money and, and busy people just aren't able to do that really. And so many conservatives just give up in Rhode Island and leave the state, which is completely understandable for them to do, but it's, it's very difficult to keep a, a movement going when that's all the case. It is. <clears throat> and, you know, to think at one time, I mean, Buddy Cianci was elected mayor of Providence as a Republican, <clears throat> and that ship has sailed. I mean, right now we're looking at three areas where essentially there's no Republican base whatsoever. And that's Providence, Pawtucket and, and Central Falls, where there's just there's no semblance of a of a competitive Republican Party. I think they said Smithfield right now seems to be the, the most balanced hmm of any city or town. Folks, another quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730 the next couple of months get your driveway prepared for winter time call j perry paving today for a free quote 401-732-1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving today affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing remember even asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote letter j j perry paving look for them on facebook and call 401-732-1730 remember no one's better to veterans than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 high quality fair pricing exceptional service free estimate J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, I also want to get your thought. This was very disturbing last week regarding the emergency room situation in, in Rhode Island. Now, I know as Governor Key went off on a Thanksgiving long break, but for them to call this press conference, and, you know, over the next couple of weeks, this is when someone might have to go to an emergency room. And I'm not talking about the people that use it as free, you know, clinic and float in and out. And, and that this is, um, we're in a very serious situation when they, you know, the department of health called a press conference and said that that 82 year old grandfather waited two days at the hospital after he had a heart attack. Another woman had a miscarriage, her and her husband had just be in the hallway. And then, uh, there was someone that went in one of the emergency rooms was suicidal Three days, three days he waited for someone to see him. I, um, with all this COVID money they've had, I, I, I just, I, it is just beyond me that they, they see these problems to me that there's got to be flags that this, it's like a wave that you're seeing that's coming towards the shore. But boy, everything always just seems to go into panic mode. It does because they don't want to fix the 
the fundamentals of the You're system. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it goes back to, I mean, even in during the Obama era, the the state jumping in on on Obamacare with both feet and that, all of that sort of thing. They 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 just don't take care of the fundamentals, and a lot of the the coverage of this sort of thing uh, is almost as if how are officials going to deal with this thing that's just kind of happened to them? No, it's all about incentives. It's all about structuring a healthcare system that, that works. This is what you get when you get socialized medicine. You get people, I mean, they're, they're big, the big ask for everybody is stop going to the emergency room when you don't have to, you know, that's, you know, you know, what works really well for that kind of thing, a pricing mechanism. If it's, <laughs> right. if, if it's inexpensive for me to go to my doctor or a local clinic to take care of something that I'm, that's wrong, I'll do. And yet it's, might be super expensive if I go to the emergency room when I don't have to. People will do the, be- the the smart thing and go to their doctor first, but we're not allowed to do that. Everything's got to be free. Everything's got to be, uh, you know, covered by taxpayers. And I think there there are a lot of unknowns here. And I, it's it's one of those areas. I remember I don't know 10, 15 years ago, the journalists had a, a round in, in Rhode Island talking about how how it's it's a playground for journalists here. And they were talking about political corruption. But there there are massive, huge investigative reporting stories to be done. Who are the people at the emergency room? Go find out. Who are they? What are they doing? Why are they there? Uh, what who's paying for it? What's their insurance? Are they immigrants? Right. Are they, are they yeah. on all on Medicaid? Are they all on uh, the, the low cost uh, Obamacare exchange policies? Maybe, maybe not, but there's, there's a lot to the story. You just don't get told. And instead it becomes this, this, uh, well, you know, everybody, you've just got to adjust your life and go to a, a different hospital. And, you know, it ties in with, with a point that comes up. It's, it's almost like every season has its version. When, it, when the power goes out, Every year, there are more generators because when you have the money, you learn the system doesn't work. You've got to fend for yourself. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. I'm sure people who have resources are, are using their doctors. Actually, a lot of them are probably just going to Massachusetts, which is a lesson my family learned a long time ago. If you have medical problems, go to Massachusetts because Rhode Island is just not the place to do it. And I think it just it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And there's no incentive, especially now with with, with, with this wipeout of Republicans and and just the insiders completely ascendant, especially with the mail ballots, there's no reason for them to change. And then the, the little thing journalists could do to help with that is to start investigating, investigating the underlying problems, but, but they won't because they support the idea of socialized medicine. That's, uh, that's a priori what they want to do. And so they, they don't want to pick up any, turn over any rocks that might show, you know, maybe this isn't such a great idea. Maybe we need some diversity of, of thought in government. Maybe we can't have government fund everything. And that's, that's where this really comes from. And I, I think it's just going to get worse. And that's, that's a danger and is a problem. Justin Katz, last week, uh, Mayor Lorza held a press conference and there was new mayor-elect Brett Smiley takes over in January. Also, former mayor, Angel Tavares, and then also former mayor ambassador Joe Palino. And we just haven't seen anything. The only one uh, of note of the mayor who's still alive, actually, is uh, Congressman Cicilline uh, Cianti has passed away. Joe, Joe Dorley recently passed away. But what was remarkable about it was, was them encouraging and almost saying if they had to do it all over again, the thing that you know they regret was not was you know this whole business with the Providence Teachers Union and go to more charter and it, to me it almost rings as if they're saying just give up on the public school formula in Providence your best bet is to go much more heavily into charter schools and as you can imagine I mean that is building up and setting up what is, what is going to be a war I think next year with the Providence Teachers Union but Mayor Lex Smiley agreed to be part of it and it's interesting, Justin, because someone pretty connected to the situation told me that Brett Smiley's ambitious, nothing wrong with that. And he sees two things that could stand in the way of someday maybe him being Governor Smiley or maybe even more. And that is the schools and also crime in the city. But he got a little flack. And once again, you know, you and I have talked about it, but nothing has changed even after the John Hopkins report. But what do you make of that? press briefing that by all accounts, it looks like Mayor Lorza was the one to put that together. 
Well, I mean, in some ways, it seems like a step in the right direction because at least they're admitting there there are alternative policies. On the other hand, it's not a workable solution. There's no way you could ramp up enough charter schools to do it. What they just need is full-on school choice to in, encourage competition and let the private, right. private schools move up. And and that just there you go. That would be that would be the solution, and it's something that there could be capacity for without undermining uh, everything. Uh, it's. It's one of those things. It's it's. I don't know why people aren't even more demanding. I mean, I, I that that would be interesting to hear is why these mayors are going after this. I mean, who who are they hearing from? Is there maybe a groundswell finally coming out, or was it more just I don't know a, a typical Rhode Island political thing? But they're they're not going to get anywhere with it because it's it's not a workable policy. I what I kind of wondered if if this was partly an expression of frustration with. I mean. I thought of, I couldn't help but think of Dan McKee. You know, mayor, yes. was mayor was it was piloted the mayoral academy charter schools That's in right. Cumberland. Everybody kind of expected something from him as governor, maybe some softening on that in that regard on, in the state house as the governor. But instead, he sold his soul to the teachers' unions, and so he's fully owned. And so now the state's running the schools. the The governor is fully owned property of the the labor unions in the state, especially the teachers unions. And there's not going to be any movement on this. So it makes you wonder if maybe they just wanted to get out ahead of it, get get a marker in the ground to say, yeah, we told you so. Uh, but it, it was actually kind of surprising to see Smiley there, which I, I if I had to bet beforehand, I would have say, said he would he would find some excuse not to attend uh, an event like this. Uh, so that that is a curious thing because he's, you know, you had Angel Tavares with the gotten a big big battles with the teachers unions and obviously yes. Lord, we talked when when he tried to give a state of the city speech and they just couldn't even hear him because of all the shouting because of the teachers. Uh, that's or well union members whether they were teachers I don't know remains to be seen. But the Smiley can't want that to start off with and it's an so it's an interesting signal for him to be sending at this point i i agree and i think that's the most interesting part about it justin caps it's just that that he's openly identifying and if you're going to do it you want to do it in the beginning someone again that i talked to said he thinks this is they're basically saying that the current situation in the providence schools with the union and so forth it's it's unfixable the way it was described to me it's like you have a broken car in the driveway and they're They've given up on trying to fix it. Now they're just saying, well, we're going to use this other car <laughs> as much, even though you're going to leave that car in the driveway. But I, I think that's where we're at, where they realize nothing's going to change. The thing that stands in the way, why can't you extend the school day? Because the union. What? Why can't you you know, get more or try to do this or that? It's, it's the union stands in the way. It's not going to be broken. They've tried to nibble at the edges. Um, I, I, I think, I believe he's going to punt the schools back to Providence. Like, I don't want to deal with this, you know, and just throw it over to Smiley, let alone uh, Smiley, I believe, supported Helena Folks, so he's not in the McKee camp. Uh, Governor McKee, by all accounts, he just gave them the contract that they wanted. That is one thing where Mayor Lorza was right when he said, you know, this was supposed to be a transformational contract. Governor McKee came in signed it and said, oh, and by the way, here's $3,000 bonuses. Hmm. So, but what I do like about it, Justin, is they they all say, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I wouldn't have fallen for this. You got to get everyone together. You got to try to work. There, there's Angel Tavares and Joe Palino saying, it, 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 you can't work with these people. They, they are non-negotiable demands. It is a trap. They run out the clock, delay, delay. They promise, they promise. You're better off up as soon as you walk in the door because then you can improve things and after four years at least you'll have some results now justin you and i um spend quite spend quite a bit of your time very active on social media i am just curious your thoughts about where twitter is right now and especially learning over the weekend that elon Musk did that poll i think he had 15 million votes and president trump now is allowed i don't think he's tweeted yet but he's allowed back on twitter yeah, well, I mean, I've I've noticed a change in Twitter. Um, not as huge as some people are saying they've seen, but but it's definitely I'm seeing more diversity of of, of commentary. It's not the yes. same handful of progressives that are constantly in my stream. Uh, so I, I think Elon Musk is doing a lot of a lot of good things, opening it up, and and the fact that progressives in the mainstream media, I mean, CBS News withdrew saying it's too unpredictable, and then 
it was out, they said, oh, well, we're back. We, we, we just, we made sure that it was okay. And now we're, we're back at safe. So, I mean, he's, by these reactions, you can tell he's doing, doing good work. Now, the, the Trump angle, I, I think is interesting. I mean, it, it may make some people angry, but I, when, when Trump went after DeSantis right before the yeah. election, it pretty much told me all I need to know. And that's that he is not going to adjust. He's not in it for the party or even ultimately for the country no. unless for him. I mean, that's just the impression he's giving. You don't do yep. something like that if you're thinking of anybody except your own marketing plan. And that's so right. I, I, I just think Trump at this point and the whole with Elon Musk allowing him back on Twitter, it's starting to feel like a, you know, like a reality TV thing. I mean, just right out of you know, whatever, whatever his show was, um, we fired the yeah, that's yeah. the apprentice. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it's just like, okay, will he tweet? Tune in next week, you know, and, and it's just going to be, you just feel like it's going to be like that. And he'll, he'll, he's right now got his team of marketers. Okay. What do I tweet when? What's the goal? Uh, so it's, it's really fading into, um, into into that sort of more of a, a cultural entertainment phenomenon, which in some ways it probably was for progressives the whole time, even when he was president, he was, he, he was the bad guy in their their drama. Uh, but the, I think, I don't know, I, it, it's it's possible, but I I think we're going to see Trump's brand, in, at least in politics, fading at this point. And I I think it'll, it's hard to see how he could leverage either getting on Twitter or not getting on Twitter to, to his, to an end that won't just feel like a sitcom. It's sort of like, like a, like a, when you watch these shows and every, every, every season, if it's, if it's a romance, will they get together this season? Will they? And there's, there's hints every time. I think we're going to get that kind of a, a feeling from him on Twitter. Uh, and and I, I think people, more and more people are starting to say, you know what, this show's getting a little old. I think it's time for it to retire. We're going to find out. It's it's pretty dangerous when when he's already or their fear is that if he doesn't win the Republican nomination, he'll bro up, break off, go third party in ten of running anyway, and just destroy the Republican chances along with it. But we have a long way to go, folks. Again, he is the uh, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Our segment politics this week is Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving with your family, everybody. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.